Isn't that amazing what we can do? And uh, so what, tell me, I asked you this last night, but tell me what has been your impression of we Americans, of America, being in America? Yes. Um, like I said last night, um, once it stands out, uh, Americans are hospitable. Um, like I said, when we arrived at the airport in uh, Kansas City, and um, we didn't see the shuttle bus we paid for. We didn't see anybody to welcome us. And uh, it's our, our first uh, trip there. We didn't know anybody. And we're just like, what's happening here? And moreover, the, the bag we carried, the hand was broken. And uh, so my wife was struggling you know, to carry it. And the um, lady came and said, can I help you? 
you know, and I was like, who is this person? And they took the bag, it was so heavy. He said, oh, this is heavy. Wait, I called my husband, you know, and he called his husband, <laughs> you know, I said, where are you from? Where are you going to? And we explained ourselves, oh, we'll take you home. I said, what? Take us home. You know, and really, you know, and we said, oh, we paid for the hotel and uh, it's okay, we'll take you to the hotel. And we also take you to the grocery shop and all that. I said, no, we'll eat in the hotel. He said, well, you know, they took us there, gave us the phone number and the car. said, if you have any needs, please just call us. Wonderful. And since that day, and we came in here, like I said, it was just huge. Everything you people did was just huge. And um, I recalled uh, when we got to the hotel here, my wife said, God, do we deserve this? Thank you for your love. Well, when we came in, right from the airport, we came through Kansas City, came through Newark, Newark, Kansas City, and uh, so many other cities before we arrived here. I noticed something, that somebody, the first time you see the person, the person smiles at you and say hello. You know, I see it's uh, unique. It's also a sign of hospitality. And something I didn't remember yesterday is the order. I see order here. In the... Um, conference we attended in Kansas City. There were over 5,000 people. We saw that everywhere was neat. At the end of the break time, there was no litter. People knew where to put the trash. And we discussed and we said, when we go back, we will start in our little corner. Now when we hold a conference, when we hold a meeting, we will make sure the children trash uh, correctly, so that we don't have to clean up at the end of the meeting. <laughs> so you're saying we're not trashy. That's, <laughs> that's, that's good. And uh, another thing too, because uh, I've been to Nigeria, Buddy said, you, you said order charity, and I know at our intersections, it's a bit different than where you live, isn't it? Mm -hmm. People wait on the light, uh, yes. and for people to walk across, mm -hmm. and it's not like that. Yes. In your <laughs> and the traffic, the traffic, people obey traffic signs. Yes, yeah, people <laughs> obey traffic signs. <laughs> the little things we never think of that we benefit from here. Well, I just want to go through some of the ministries that you have, that you do, you both do. It's mm. incredible. First of all, tell me your mission, James. I love your mission. Yeah, this is our mission. To inform the mind to change the heart and equip the hands. Pretty uh, simple. That's all. Inform that's the head, change the heart, and equip the, the hands. hands. Let's all say that. Inform, inform the mind, change, change the, the heart, and equip the hands. So tell us about, the, we're just going to run some footage that Colin actually took when he went to Lagos and, and Port Harcourt. And uh, so I'm just going to go down through some, and they're going to show some footage of the adult Bible study training that you do. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Um, every Monday at 6 p.m., we have the adult Bible studies where we have uh, the grown-ups, the adults, and many pastors, you know, come for uh, in-depth Bible study. Uh, we call it a precept 
upon precept, line upon line. Uh, we patiently take people to go through uh, the Bible books to understand the scriptures correctly. And it has been amazing. Um, I think that's why most pastors come. Because like some say, is this not a theological school? Is this a seminary? You know, <laughs> make such comments. And uh, so we have uh, in, indeed impacted uh, people. I recall a pastor came uh, to my house and said, I just come to talk with you and to encourage you. Uh, he said, you see, some of us, we, we, after the Bible studies on Mondays, we come during the week and uh, we sit down and ask you questions. See, you know what we're doing? We are preparing our sermons. Oh, I said, I didn't know that. So, so you see, you're not just teaching us. You're actually teaching our churches. So you may have maybe 50, 40 people in the Bible studies, but you're actually impacting our churches. So you're you reaching out to thousands every week. You don't understand that. So I didn't even know. So, so uh, and also then one of the things that we're very connected, we're of course connected to supporting both of you, uh, but the ministry center, we've talked about that. We even checked in on Facebook so that we could get $1 for one cinder block. And so tell us about the ministry center. Yes, okay. Uh, we found that um, when we're using our home, our home and um, uh, it was so smart at the time, you know, and so we moved out, you know, and uh, have some tents. And again, when the rain comes, it's difficult. And uh, <clears throat> a brother, a member of the board back in uh, Paragod uh, gave us a piece of land uh, um, to build. And so we began to build the uh, ministry center. And uh, thus far, we've uh, uh, finished the, ground, the, the, the floor, what they call the basement here, whatever. You know, so now we're about to deck so that uh, we can move in and start using it while we continue the other part of the building. Good. And Charity, why don't you tell us about the Jesus film? Okay. The Jesus film, we got to know about the Jesus film through Waiwa. And uh, when uh, Body and Colin and the team and one other person visited, they came with the Jesus film. And we got interested in the film. We wanted, uh, we, we learned that they are also in other languages apart from English. And we got in contact with Colin. He gave us a site. Our son helped us to download it. And then we took the film to the school right in the village where we shot the film in the tribal language. And it was, you know, so impactful. The children had listened to the story of Jesus in their own language. And they were so excited, you know, and uh, he touched their hearts. You know, the, the expression at the end of the film was wonderful. And uh, we desire, it's our desire that we'll continue to take it to other um, community. In fact, we made attempts to reach uh, the adults with that film but it has not worked out. But we trust God that we'll continue you know, to shoot that film around the community where we live. It's so exciting. People are being one to Christ. And, and as Charity said, it's now in their tribal language, and that has been exciting. And you mentioned Tim. Tim and Amy, why don't you stand up? Tim is uh, one of the team that go into uh, 
Ford Harcourt. Uh, he and Colin and Kelly went and uh, Buddy uh, go into Ford Harcourt. We have to take small teams because it tends to be somewhat dangerous. You have security, uh, but at the same time, smaller teams are, are better there. Um, then the Kids Bible Club, Charity. Okay, the Bible, the Bible Club for Children and Young People. I have one in my house. I started it in my sitting room <laughs> there. And uh, the children enjoy coming to hear the Bible story. And sometimes I tell them about missionaries. And uh, we also talk about, you know, practical discussion on, you know, day-to-day -day living. The reports from their parents has been very encouraging. And, you know, the, some of the children we started with, when we started this uh, Bible club, some of them are now teachers of children in their churches. About one or two that I know, they, are not, they now teach children in their churches. I also have the youth that I teach. Some of them have relocated. But once in a while, you see, see one of them, the, the last, last December, is it last December? Mm. Sometime this year, early this year, one yeah, of them yeah, came from Lagos. She came to Port Harcourt, and she, she came back to our house to tell us thank you for the Bible club, the meeting she attended, and uh, how we impacted our life through the Bible club. We also have another one in, uh, in a school. Okay, maybe when we get to that school, I talk about that. But the children are so happy, you know. On Saturdays, if we go out, they, they, the lesson starts by four. If you don't come back before four, you see them milling around, waiting for the, the gate to be open so that they can come in. And one of the attractions is that we give them uh, snacks at the end of the Bible club. I know children with snacks, they are so happy about it. So they tell their parents, it's time, it's time. Even when it's raining, they want their parents to allow them, you know, to come to have the Bible club. Let me add that, the, that I was surprised, and I didn't know when she arranged it, um, that they had been going out for witnessing these kids, you know. So she wasn't home, and they came and said, um, Daddy Bible study, that's what they call me. They call her Mommy Bible study. They don't even know me, know my name. Uh, <laughs> Daddy Bible study. <laughs> Daddy Bible study. <laughs> I and, like that. <laughs> and they said, uh, we need tracks. I said, tracks. They said, yes, we're going for evangelism. I said, evangelism. And look at them. They said, yes, Mommy, give us tracks. There, there, there. You know, they know the place I went. I opened the track box, you know, and give them tracks. And they went out, you know, for evangelism. So when she came out, they said, yes, they do it. You know, just come pick up tracks, and they'll go, you know, to a neighborhood, talk to fellow kids, even to adults. That's amazing. That's it amazing. is amazing. And one of the things that Charity told me is that the children that they've taught have now grown up, and those uh, children are teaching children. And so it just continues on. We're going to skip down. We also have a soccer team there. They've worked with the street boys and they've gotten them saved. And instead of kidnapping and, and stealing, they're now in Bible studies and playing soccer. And so one day we'll see them in the Olympics when the bronze like Nigeria Amen. did. And there's a school as well. That's really, uh, the school is really an important place. But tell us, uh, a lot of people are interested in the water wells. Could you tell us a little bit about the water wells? Okay, about the water wells. Um, yeah, you know, we live in a neighborhood where uh, there's no water from the government. And um, so 
and it depends on well um, to get water. And uh, not many can afford uh, to, dig, to have wells. And uh, those who can, they sell the water. So we had a well in our, in our home and um, we opened our gate for people to come take free water. And uh, however, you know, when we are out of home, we lock the gate. And um, so one day, uh, Jason visited and uh, went out for um, teaching and we're coming back home and uh, I saw a crowd at the gate, women, children, young people with um, jerry cans, rebarrows, whatever, whatever. I said, James, what's happening? I said, nothing. Just, they're waiting for water. I said, water? I said, yes, water. That uh, I have to open the gates so they can access to the water. <clears throat> and he said, so you mean if you're not home, they can't have water? I said, no, for security reasons. So, so what can we do so that whenever they need water, they can get water? I said, we need to raise a tank, build a tank, you know, high up there, so the water can come off the, off the, the, the wall fence. You don't have fences here, you know. Uh, you don't have walls. Go back home, everywhere is fenced. Uh, you know, my sister knows. <laughs> uh, Mary knows that we have to fence, otherwise they will break in and steal everything. So, you know, I will tell Buddy when I get back to the U.S. And uh, so, you send money. You know, I will build a tower, I bought more tanks so they can access the water. And then you send more money, then we had another uh, well at the school. Mm-hmm. You know, and you send more money, now we have another big borehole, you know, at uh, the, the center. You know, so uh, more people cannot access, you know, um, water free, you know. And, um, well, pray for us because naturally those who sell water, and went out of business, you know, and uh, <laughs> they're not happy that uh, we're giving free water, you know, because, uh, well, sometimes I sympathize with them because uh, there's no, like, you take this power for granted, you know, we don't have power, you know, as you have it, and uh, so they have to buy gas and, um, and buy a generator to pump water, so they want to sell to be able to, you know, maintain the, the generators and, you know, and uh, buy gas, uh, but we do it for free. Uh, because uh, you support us. Thank you. How do you like the electricity not cutting off every so often? Well, if you're in uh, Port Harcourt, the electricity will just go off mm-hmm. and it'll be off for quite a while. And you know, once you travel to Nigeria, I never, even this morning, I was rinsing my sink out and I thought, I am wasting so much water. I always think about how so many don't have water and how much we just take it for granted. And so every time that you give, uh, you're giving to very, very real needs. So thank you, guys. Uh, they, have, they are so gracious that they bring us gifts. Uh, is this a gorgeous dress? It is. It's amazing. Thank you. They said they knew I was very tall. And so it's perfect length, isn't it? And then also they, all the way from Nigeria, brought us this beautiful painting. Could somebody bring that up? Thanks, Jason. And Jason has traveled there as well. He's done a lot of work there as well. But they gave a picture, that picture, to an artist and commissioned that artist to paint this. And uh, it is just gorgeous. Just take some time to stare at it. I I know when uh, we unwrapped it, I just was blown away at how beautiful it was. So thank you so much for being so gracious and generous to us.
to this worship service. Something I wonder what I would have been without the love of God. And I ask myself what would I have been doing without the love of God? I bless his name because the Bible says God is love. And my body told me when I come, I will speak in the church. I pray. And I'll be praying for you because you'll be praying for us and you'll be supporting us and encouraging us. And I believe the Lord had impressed in my heart and to share with you on this topic, abounding in love. I read from Philippians chapter 1, verse number 9. In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. We must appreciate this truth that the Christian life originates in God's abounding attitude. God's abounding attitude. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 6, the Bible says, The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth, in Isaiah 55, verse 7, the Bible says, He will abundantly pardon. Again, in 1 Peter 1 3, the Bible says, According to his abundant mercy, he had begotten us. And again, in um, Titus 3, 4 and 6, say, The kindness and the love of God which is shared on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And I can go on and on and on about God's abundant and abounding love. So in uh, John 3.16, the New Testament, the Bible says, for God so loved the world. The word so, that, that article, so, to the body is abundance, overflowing love. The love that can never be exhausted. And God looked at us, his children, who believe in Christ. And he wants us to be like him. So the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that God has 
poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit given unto us. And Jesus said, in John 10:10, 10, 10, I am come that they might have life and what? Have it more abundantly. It's all about abundance. And again, in Romans 15, 13, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I will go on. Talking about this abiding love. And so, God wants us as his children to show to our world his love and his abundance. And we have to abound in love to be able to show our world that God loves them because he has first loved us. Why must we love and do everything in love? Because the Bible tells you and I in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I want to read it, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 1 to 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not shared that is, I have not loved, I am become a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be born and I have not love, it provided me nothing. So this is a consciousness. I tell people back home, I say, I'm not a philanthropist. You ask me, why do you do what you do? Some people do it to make a name. Some people do it to feed good. Some people do it for political reasons. But we do what we do. And I believe you do what you do because God's love has been poured into our hearts. Because if it's not about love, then it's worthless, it's useless, and God is not pleased with us. If it's not about love, then we cannot change lives. We cannot change the heart of men. But we thank God that you have received Christ and the Holy Ghost has poured God's love into your hearts like you have done in my heart in the heart of charity and other Christians back home in Nigeria so we can love our world so we can love people around us however Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 verse 12 that in the last days and we are in the last days because iniquity will abound, because there will be evil, there will be wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. So if we're going to succeed in these last days to love, then we must abound in love. People are facing a lot of frustrations. 
Many families are in disarray. People are hurting. But for us to be able to keep on our relationships, we must abound in love. We must love a little more. Because you see, Jesus came down. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed the hungry. They were coming after him as if he was the best of them that ever lived among them. He showed them real love. The Bible says when he loved his own in the world, he loved them to the end. But this same crowd, these same people whom he healed, raised their dead, fed their hungry, healed their sick, cried out, crucify him, crucify him. But because he is God and his love is abundance, why he hung there on the cross? Those of you are medical people or scientists, you know, you know, that as he hung there, you know, with those nails in his, in his hands and in his hands, you can see he was in pain. He was in pain. And when you are in pain, when you are in real pain, you are self-centered. All you are thinking about is about yourself, nobody else, how you can be relieved of the pain. But here was Jesus in pain. But the first thing he spoke at was, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Why? Because he was abundant in love. People will hurt us because Jesus said, they hated me, they will hate you also. Yet he loved them. And so we must love this world that hates us. And for us to be able to love this world that hates us and keep hating us because they, are, they, they keep being hostile to us, we must abound in love. Many times, you know, we, like, we come to our end in this act of love. But we thank God that because we have to abound in love, we take love a little more and we overcome. Um, I recall many instances where we almost gave up because even the people we tried to love, they turn around, they gossip, they say bad things about us, they suspect us. But you know, love does not suspect anybody. It's only the same. So we choose to love. It's not to destroy our character, but we choose to love. And this morning, I'm asking us that we shall abound in love so that even when people hurt us, take advantage of us, let us keep loving because we have God's abiding love in our hearts. Let's unleash it. Let's release it. I want to read to you a story. I read about eight years ago about Fredericksburg. I have belonging to come, but at last we have come. An event during the war between the states bears retelling to illustrate the truth 
that to die is to live. To lose your life is to save it. Self placed on the altar of sacrifice to be consumed by the fire of love, we glorify God and do good to men. It was at Fredericksburg, after a bloody battle, hundreds of, hundreds of Union soldiers lay wounded on the field. All night and all the next day, the space was swept by artillery from both armies, and no one could venture to the sufferers' relief. Agonizing cries for water were going up from where the wounded lay, but there was no response save the roar of, gun, of the guns. One brave fellow behind the ramparts, a certain soldier, felt that he could not he couldn't endure this picture's cries no longer. His compassion rose superior to his law. General, said Richard Kigland to his commander, I can't stand this. Those poor souls out there have been praying for water all night and all day. It is more than I can bear. I ask permission to carry them water. The general assured him that it would be instant death for him to appear upon the field but he begged so earnestly that the officer, admiring his noble devotion to humanity, could not refuse his request. Provided with a supply of water, the brave soldier stepped over the wall and went on his Christ-like errand. From both sides, one eyes looked on as he knelt by the nearest sufferer and gently raising his head, held the cooling cup to his parched lips. At once, the Union soldiers understood what the soldier in gray was doing for their wounded comrades. And not a shot was fired. For an hour and a half, he continued his work, giving drink to the thirsty, straining cramped and mango lips, pillowing men's heads on their knapsacks, and spreading blankets and army coats over them. Tenderly as a mother would cover her child, and all the while, until this injured ministry was finished, the first lead of death was hushed. Again, we must admire the reason that led this brave soldier in great to so utterly to forget himself for the sake of doing a deed of mercy to his enemies. There is more grandeur in five minutes of such self-organization than in a whole lifetime of self-interest and self-seeking. There is something Christly in it. How poor, poetry, and mean alongside the records of such deeds appear men's selfish strivings self-interest, boldest venturing. This was written by J. Arrow Miller. Let me say this. We can follow the example of this young man. And I ask the question, do we still have men of compassion, men flowing with abundant love, men who have the love of God overflowing from their hearts? In Fredericksburg today, I said yes. SFCC, you have shown it. And I want to ask you, keep doing it. And God, remember you. And your reward, no one will take from you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you that you are love. Thank you because you have poured your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You will not demand from us what you will not enable us to do. You've asked us to abound in love.
Lord, I believe that by your grace, we will abound in your love. And this world that is hostile to you will experience your love through us. And you will be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you, James, for the powerful word you shared with us this morning. And the thing I'd say about James and Charity is they abound in love. You'd spend some time with them in Port Harcourt, Port Harcourt Nigeria. You would see them day in and day out pouring out uh, abounding love to people that are starving and going through very difficult times in their life. Uh, you know, I think of those school children that uh, would not get education because you can't get an education in Nigeria unless you can pay the fees. And most people are so poor they can't pay the fees. And uh, they just take um, opportunity after opportunity to show boundless, abounding love to uh, many in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. And I appreciate the fact, you know, I look around this morning and it would be easy to say, wow, what's going on? A lot of empty chairs. Uh, and be, uh, you know, allow that to kind of mess with me, but as I'm sitting here this morning, I'm just thinking of the thousands of people that in Port Harcourt, Nigeria, that this congregation, this church has touched the lives of many, many people. Uh, they just, they just um, tapped into just a bit of what uh, they do in Port Harcourt, uh, Port Harcourt. Uh, the thousands of people that they touch day in and day out through training pastors, uh, through feeding hungry people. It was telling us last night a 20-pound bag of rice in Nigeria cost about 40 U.S. dollars. And, uh, and uh, they take that money and they feed people and they give them bags of rice to take home. Uh, you know, the poverty level in Port Harcourt has gone up and up and up. And uh, he said that poverty is worse now than ever. And, uh, and we get to be a part of that. Every week, we get to be a part of that. We send... Uh, every month, 1750 That's all we send. And that is their livelihood and also their ministry money. How they do it, I will never know outside the abounding, uh, aboundless love of God and how he pours out on them. And so today, I just want to ask you if you'll share in that ministry as we take a love offering for them and uh, share with them so that they can go back to uh, Nigeria. Uh, they're moving, they're going to Houston. James has a sister in Houston. And they're going there to uh, spend a month with his sister, and we're glad for that. And also, James uh, had a hip replacement that's gone bad. And uh, he's had a surgery in Nigeria and one in India, and he's hopeful that he'll get some medical care in Houston that will take away. He lives in constant pain with that, and, um, and so they're hoping to get some care for that. Will you share in this love offering today? And, uh, you know, we'll just do the very best we can to help them and show them... Um, that we are about, still abounding in love as we gather with here today and as we leave. Uh, James and Charity will be out in the foyer. I'd love for you to stop by and just say hi to them, get to know them a little bit. They are a part of Salem Fields. They are a part. Salem Fields, Nigeria is an extension of this ministry. And, um, and so they are one of us. They are uh, here today for us to show them some love. Uh, I also want to share with you, about 10 years ago, Gay and I started talking about their need for transportation. They have no car, and um, they uh, have to walk or ride a motorcycle. 
um, taxi motorcycle. And uh, now they have a ministry van, but they have such integrity, they don't use that personally. Uh, but they go from place to place, and we've been sharing that. We had a board dinner the other night with them, and one of our board members graciously gave them a vehicle. And so we'll praise the Lord. We'll, we'll be shipping that to them um, sometime in December, and um, so we're excited about getting that vehicle to them. About $2,000 to ship it. Uh, to Lagos, Nigeria, they'll pick it up at the dock and it'll be their car. It's a Ford, unfortunately, but that's the best we could do. And uh, you know what I mean, Eddie? Uh, anyway, uh, let's pray for this offering as we close out. Father, we thank you uh, for this time that we've shared today. We thank you for the good spirit that we have sensed here today. And we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would abound in this place today and that you would just, uh, God, uh, open our hearts to share what we can today. And God, if we can't share financially today, we can share love as we, uh, as we love on James and Charity in these moments we have together. Father, we thank you for them. We thank you for their ministry there. And God, we're believing that many more will come to know Jesus Christ because of the abounding love in the hearts of the people of Salem Fields Community Church. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you for this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you can give the same way you give in the offering. You can go out and give it to debit machines. You can go on your app and give uh, with push pay, and you can just put it under missions. But everything you give, you write a check. We're going to write one check and put it in their bank account in Nigeria. Uh, so it'll be transferred there. So everything you we get in this offering will go to James and Charity to use to further the kingdom of God and meet some of their needs, okay? They told me one time that they wake up some days wondering what they will eat that day. And so we can share in that. God bless you. Thank you. Cheers. 